You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Segment of Travel Express and none other than our Ibrahim Bar has joined us and uh, making it a powerful segment indeed. Ibrahim Bar, Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh and tell us how you're doing this fine beautiful evening. Walaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, brother Shafat and our dear listeners out there to Radio Marcus Sahaba. Alhamdulillah, by, by Allah's grace, I'm on top of the world tonight. Alhamdulillah, everything uh, going well, Ba. And uh, when we look around, uh, you know, we cannot uh, get our show off our beefs, you know, when we talk about the different scenarios taking place. But uh, how has this uh, debacle in, uh, you know, Gaza affected, uh, you know, traveling? Well, I, I guess uh, Israel is off the, off the map, so to speak. Nobody is going there because I think flights and whatnot have been suspended. And uh, generally, there is a degree of reluctance to go into the uh, Middle East, North, North Africa region. That, ha- that has become uh, manifest now. Uh, you know, where people have booked and they say, oh, what if, and, 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 and. But the thing is, at the end of the day, I tell them very simply, I said, listen, you've gone and booked everything, right? You, it is not in the actual danger zone that you are going. If you are going to Egypt, or if you're going, uh, you know, further afield to Oman uh, and places like that, I says uh, the uh, the airlines and the operators are not going to be giving you anything uh, substantial in so far as refund goes. So it's a question of, hey, do you want to lose money, or if you've got insurance, travel insurance that you can claim against, fine. But uh, really, there is no real uh, or present danger in the outside countries, unless, of course you know, all hell breaks loose suddenly. I'm not sure about that. It's anybody's guess what's going to happen. And I'm not sure how the vote is going to go for the ceasefire uh, at the UN today. So uh, that's a wait and see situation. And uh, of course, uh, it's a legitimate concern, I must admit. And the thing is, at the end of the day, uh, South Africans generally are a very uh, hardy and resilient lot. I'll be very honest with you when you compare them to uh, travelers from other parts of the world. All you need is one sort of uh, travel warning and that's it, nobody wants to travel. So those that are, uh, you know, set with appointments for business and other stuff, they are going anyway. The odd one will tell you, look, uh, what are the concerns? And if you allay their fears, you know, with the truth, of course, then they are quite comfortable and it's, you know, okay, fine, we just needed uh, peace of mind. So that's the story, Pa. You know, it's a good story. And you also, you know, make me think, uh, who are these, uh, you know, these explorers, these adventurers, they're like the adrenaline to, you know, be on, on you know, blowing a gasket uh, level. Yeah. Who are these? <laughs> Who are these so-called brave and maybe psychopathic uh, travelers? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, look, uh, it's, it's mostly the younger set, right? I mean, uh, old bullies like us, we think twice about doing anything uh, outrageous. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, of course, it's uh, the vibrance of youth, you know, the, when the blood is warmer and uh, there is a degree of naivete that you tend to take on these challenges you wouldn't otherwise uh, do later on in your life. And uh, I mean, thank, thank, thank Allah for the fact that they are youth and they do these crazy things, you know, otherwise life would get a bit boring. But uh, yeah, that is what we found. Uh, most well, most times, it's, uh, you know, the youth, like uh, say anything from uh, 18 up to, I'd say, maybe 30, sometime even up to 35, that uh, have the means and the uh, the physical condition to uh, go into all these things, you know. 
Yeah, but when we were growing up, it was the, uh, you know, this fun ride used to come around, the big wheel, yeah, 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 yeah. and uh, then the swing, and then there was that octopus and all. What was your favorite ride, Ba? I, I like the roller coasters, and of course those swings, those crazy swings, you know, they fly all out. <laughs> yeah, that's what I liked. But uh, other than that, I think uh, I've had my fair share of adventure as well, uh, you know, doing uh, paragliding and... Uh, uh, white water rafting, amongst other things, uh, very interesting and uh, challenging. Yeah, the thing is, you you got to hold your nerve, otherwise it's <laughs> trouble. Yeah, so you didn't jump off a plane on a you know not off a plane. Up a parachute. Not off a plane. No, 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 not not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but uh, the what's the name? The uh, paragliding affair that was in Switzerland. That was a bit unnerving to start off with because you're going in tandem with the guy behind you. <clears throat> and yes, the draft is coming up, and you just got what, not even, I'd say, an eight or ten meter run, and you're off the cliff, and he tells you straight, he says, whatever happens, don't stop running, otherwise you and I are going to go down the mountain. So you in front, then you said, oh my God, this is really going to happen, and would you believe it does? Wow, ba, and uh, you know, you, uh, literally taking your heart and putting yeah, it in your hand. In the... Exactly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But uh, anyway, our bar is still there after all these adventures. Well, Ba, we're getting into that season where you're going to give us uh, tips on how to prevent our baggage from getting lost when flying, Ba. Mm. Yeah, well, this is a common scenario. I mean, in, uh, in the air travel uh, sort of industry, it's not uh, something unheard of. It happens quite frequently, especially a if uh, you know it's a peak period like we are moving into and the fact that all the luggage it looks so similar these days sometimes you might just innocently pick up the wrong bag and it's only when you look at the label and it says oh shucks this is the wrong bag i've got over here uh, that happened to me i'll tell you where in uh, in brussels in in uh, july yeah and uh, same suitcase, the guy picked up ours and off he was gone. And then we waited until the last bag came on the carousel. And that wasn't ours, but it looked like ours. So uh, we had the presence of mind to look at the tag and we phoned him. And then fortunately, we still got him in the parking lot. And he came back and we exchanged bags and off we went. So uh, it is uh, quite frequent. And uh, of course, uh, the fact that, uh, you know, there are so many flights coming and going, and wherever there is going to be a connection, like where you're going into the major hubs, like uh, either Dubai, Doha, uh, Cairo, or London, or Skipwall, or wherever you're going, uh, if the connection time is not sufficient for the uh, ground handling crew uh, to make sure that uh, the baggage correctly tagged is going to the right plane, then of course it'll end up somewhere. Very rarely does it get lost. It doesn't get lost, it gets misdirected. And that is the problem. But nevertheless, the end result is the same. We had the same scenario when we were going to uh, the Arctic cruise. That was way back, I think, in 2016, 17, thereabout. And we ended up in Oslo, and it was freezing cold and uh, no bags. So uh, we had to go and get some clothes uh, that were warm. And they finally managed to catch that bag up with us just as we were embarking on that Arctic cruise, otherwise it would have been freezing. So uh, let me get to the chase over here. So it is a nightmare, of course, and uh, a few simple tips uh, that can reduce the risk uh, and increase the chances of retrieval. And uh, first on the list is, uh, if you can, arrive early at the airport. 
and you have ample time, uh, you know, to check your baggage in and uh, make sure that it is properly labeled. And if you feel that you need an extra degree of security, get the thing wrapped as well. That way, uh, you know, it protects the bag. And uh, the thing is, you don't have to worry if it rains and your bag is out there on the tarmac and things like that. Uh, also, uh, look for direct flights. I know direct flights, when I say direct flights, it's point to point, right? Uh, meaning non-stop, it doesn't stop anywhere en route. So if you can get those flights, they are more costly, of course, because of the convenience, then that would uh, minimize handling and transfer of luggage. And uh, again, make your bag stand out in a crowd. Yeah, when it's on the carousel, use a very loud and colorful strap on the handles or some distinctive tag that is unlike others or stickers just to make sure that you can spot it as it's coming in. And uh, uh, what is important, and this most times when it does get lost and insurance claim kicks in and things like that, you must take clear photographs of your luggage before your departure. So you can share that visual evidence so they know exactly if it's a Samsonite or a Cellini or whatever other bag brand, they have a visual in front of them that they can share and pick it up maybe sooner and get it back to you. Or if they don't find it altogether and someone else has gone off with it, then it facilitates the claim process. And uh, of course, again, those are the main things that you need to look out for. And the thing is, uh, just a word of advice to uh, potential travelers. The thing is, if you hit the deck somewhere uh, and you find that your luggage hasn't arrived, don't leave the arrivals hall. When I say arrivals hall, they're by the carousel. Don't leave that area without going and reporting it to the ground handling agent for that particular airline. Make a report, make sure that you give them all the correct particulars, your hotel, where you can be reached, et cetera, et cetera, and take that slip of paper, that receipt that they give you, keep it with you, otherwise chances are you might not see your bag. Yeah. You know, uh, we had a reputation recently for the past few years uh, that baggage, you know, they were uh, breaking into it, they were stealing at the airport, you know, mm. and whilst it was going, uh, doing its rounds and that. Mm. Have they tightened up or we still have these, uh, you know, nefarious characters that are still lurking around or getting employment, but being uh, number one, uh, you know, thieves, uh, Ba? Yeah, well, look, uh, they have tried, uh, they've even brought in, I know for a fact, they brought in overseas experts and all that, but... Uh, how guys are smart and as slippery as they come by. Yes, it has reduced somewhat, but the thing is, uh, it's not eliminated altogether. So uh, try not to put the, you know, managing director or something in your business card into your tag or anything, because they look at all those things and they say, oh, oh yes, somebody has got some bucks over here. Let's open his bag and see what's inside. And all you need is, is a simple ballpoint pen to open most of these bags. I'm not talking about the the ones that uh, have uh, proper sort of locks and latches. I'm talking about the softer bags, the ones that have the zippers. All you need to do is just poke it in between the, the, the zip over there, open it out, help yourself and close it again and you'll never know that it's been entered. So uh, yeah, they still carry on to some degree or the other. I don't think it will be uh, eliminated altogether given the scenario and the penchant for our people to have sticky fingers as well. Well, you know what is amazing? You've got uh, surveillance cameras all around you. Yeah, yeah, with Besides, all that. It means nothing. Gee. With all that. Mm. Too smart. They know where the <laughs> cameras are. They know how to block it at this uh, strategic time. Then they do their thing. Okay. So they know when to yeah. deactivate uh, things that, you uh, know, with technology, you can do so many things. And uh, which uh, country has uh, the best record of not, uh, you know, luggage being safe, really safe, Pa? 
Well, I, I, it's hard to tell. Eh? Uh, I, I don't recall seeing any survey, but I would think uh, the major hubs like uh, Dubai, Schiphol, London, Heathrow, and uh, of course, uh, New York, Los Angeles and things like that. They, you know, they are very, very busy uh, sort of hubs and uh, their security is most times is very, very jacked up. Then on the other end of the scale, you go to those uh, places off the beaten track, poor countries and all that, you know, and, and things like that, you'll find that uh, even if your bag is unlocked, they, they don't touch it. I think uh, maybe a lot has got to do with the uh, sort of uh, ethics, uh, morals and uh, spiritual connectivity to the creator that uh, what is not there, they don't touch. But uh, other than that, uh, chances are, you know, somewhere along the line, you might have something happening. Yeah, that's a brilliant point indeed. And, you know, the spirituality and, uh, you know, how much you fear your creator. I was just thinking perhaps Turkey could be one of the uh, leading countries that, you know, everything is uh, safe there, Ba. Yeah, no, the thing is, uh, if anyone has gone through the new Turkey uh, International Airport, that's uh, really state of the art. And uh, everything's under surveillance properly and things like that. And and the people are different, of course. They are more warm and uh, caring and that sort of thing. So uh, I've been to Turkey many times, and uh, I must say, thus far we haven't had any unpleasant surprises. Well, once upon a time when you were South African and when you got into Saudi Arabia, uh, uh. I mean, you're treated like royalty because of that man called Ahmadidat or Madiba. How's it now, Ba? Well, six of one, half a dozen of the other. I think uh, Madiba and Amadidat and all, they are, you know, fixed or etched in the memory of the people over there. But uh, I think they treat you very much as they would anybody else. And uh, God forbid, if they mistake you for someone from the subcontinent or like a Pakistani or, or an Indian or something, then they treat you with disdain. Huh? It's it's a pretty, pretty obvious, you know, for someone uh, who's been around and can can read people in that sense, yeah. Yeah, that's sad indeed, Ava. But it, it really is, happens. It is. That 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 that. Look, I don't care what people say. That thing called racism is prevalent everywhere. Whether it's overt or covert, to this or the other degree, it's always there, one way or the mm. other. You don't have to call it. Yeah, you just got to read the body language, and that will tell you exactly what you need to know. And mm, the, the attitude, of course. Gee, spade or spade with bar. Well, eight uh, South African holiday spots uh, that resemble international destinations. I I know Cape Town will always <laughs> will always feature bar and the rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's uh, <clears throat> you, <clears throat> what this survey has done. Basically, I think they've uh, sort of tried to uh, look at what our local sort of uh, destinations have to offer with a V, a sort of similar pairing, meaning like something that is almost the same or similar as far as possible that is available internationally. And surprisingly, they came up with uh, eight uh, South African uh, holiday spots that resemble international destination, which is quite uh, phenomenal, I would think, and uh, well worth looking into. Because uh, given the cost of international travel, it's prohibitive right now. And the thing is, this is all... Uh, of course, orchestrated and pre-arranged, pre-COVID, that we'll take a hammering for a year or two, then we'll come back and uh, raise the roof with the prices and keep it there going after. Now, 
uh, I dare say that currently as we stand, uh, a lot of airlines are reporting that they are a, either on par or slightly under or in some instance even over pre-COVID uh, sort of numbers. So uh, with the price going up uh, to maybe 100 plus percent, they are making in the money like you can't imagine. Okay, coming back to this uh, uh, international uh, destination and our local uh, sort of version thereof. Uh, what they said basically, the expensive uh, flights are putting a damper on everybody, especially out in South Africa, because uh, the unemployment, the uh, cost of living keeps going up and up and up. And, and I'm talking about basic essentials like a roof over your head, some food, some clothing, your fuel, and all that sort of thing. So there's a lesser and lesser disposal income available for luxuries like international travel. And uh, what has uh, happened there huh, is that uh, South Africa has seen domestic travel grow by a whopping 41% because of that. And uh, one can understand the uh, circumstances that led to it. And uh, the travelers are discovering uh, sort of uh, destinations that are like literally duplicates right here at home, uh, you know, without having to leave the country. And of course, it has its advantages that you are just uh, maybe an hour or two away, but still in the country as such, as opposed to going uh, somewhere in different time zones, maybe uh, long haul flights that one or two that total about maybe 18, 20 hours. So uh, the, let me just run you through them quickly uh, for those who are craving. And of course, this is going to appeal to people who know the uh, international destination, then they'll understand and appreciate the uh, resemblance. And uh, starting off in California, Joshua Tree, uh, of course, uh, the Karoo with his velvet skies and historic towns and meerkat safaris, they are a, a, a sure shot, I mean, almost similar to that. And then you get the Cotswolds that is in, uh, in the UK. For that, we've got the, the KwaZulu Natal's Midland Meander where rolling hills and picturesque uh, villages uh, echo that same charm of England and the Scottish Highland. If anyone's been there, it's quite beautiful, actually. And of course, uh, you were talking about Cape Town just now. Cape Town brings a touch of class, whichever way, and, and uh, a touch of Swiss cool with the Radisson Red. Uh, it features contemporary design, stunning views of Table Mountain and the VNA waterfront. And uh, of course, Melbourne in Australia, it vibes, uh, the vibes are found in gardens in the Cape Town hipster hotspot where galleries, eateries and Victorian architecture create a unique atmosphere. So you can see, I've just been through just a couple of them and already there's so much to do. Then we have, of course, uh, where the Stellenbosch Mafia resides, often called Little Europe of South Africa. That captures the charm of a European town with its Cape Dutch <laughs> architecture. Oak Line streets, and of course, a university flair. Uh, not to be left out is Johannesburg's Rosebank Channels, the Big Apples Energy at the Voco Hotel, offering loft style interiors and vibrant city life, reminiscent of that uh, notorious uh, uh, soapy sex in the city. And for a taste of Tuscany, anyone that's been to Tuscany in Italy, my God, that's such a beautiful place. Uh, you can head for the Erinvale Estate Hotel and Spa in the Helderberg region. That's pretty close, as they say. And uh, surrounded by the Hottentots, Holland Mountains and renowned wine farms, 
this luxurious retreat, it exudes the elegance of any Tuscan countryside. And uh, if a journey to Middle Earth is on your wish list, then uh, Hogs Back in the Eastern Cape has magical forests, rolling hills, etc., etc. And uh, it is said to have inspired uh, Tolkien's depiction of Hobbiton. There you can explore the indigenous woodlands, uh, take hikes, uh, witness waterfalls, enjoy the crisp air, and uh, it's just a haven for those adventure and hikers, adventure seekers. And uh, yeah, so uh, that's what it is. And uh, a lot of people are opting to go local because a uh, financial constraints dictate, and uh, they don't have, they rather save that money and, and spend it having uh, a better outing here locally than spending more on your flight and going out to some far-flung destination than getting to see more or less the same thing. You know, it's a, such a tragedy, Bar, that, uh, you know, you look at this country and it's uh, captured by criminality. And I know many people would have taken that offer on, uh, but uh, how many of, uh, uh, you know, people are put off uh, because of travel, uh, because of this crime factor of going overseas? Because, all right, we'd have to get a, a you know, security company and we have to pay them this and we have this fear factor. Uh, we, we cannot have a holiday with a peace in mind, uh, Bar. It, it does affect. I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind. I mean, here when we're still sitting in our own bloody sitting rooms, we don't know that if someone's going to use a crowbar and break the uh, uh, burglar-proof gate and then come in and attack us. So you can imagine uh, what you feel like when you're going to leave the house alone, unless you've got somebody that's going to house sit for you that is reliable and can be found at short notice. The thing is, you definitely got a challenge on your hands. And I don't care what these reaction security and all that says. They only come in after the event, after the alarm has gone. And 99% of the time, there's always false alarm. The alarm goes off. They come there and check around the house. There's nothing happening. They go away. And that 1% of the time when it really hits the fan, <laughs> they, they, they are not there to see it. But uh, be that as it may, it is a challenge. And uh, the thing is, uh, I think uh, it's a question of, taking your precautions and uh, just putting your faith and trust in Allah and let's hope what's happened happens for the best. Very uh, valid point indeed, Abba. And, uh, you know, many people are paying these, uh, uh, these uh, you know, uh, security companies and the allegations are, uh, you know, not a factor, maybe allegations are that uh, most of these uh, companies... Well, they are part of the deal. They, they, uh, that's what they say, they compromise. They are part of it on the inside. Yes. That is, yeah. that, is, uh, that is quite true. And uh, what's the name? Many of the cases that have been investigated subsequently, robbery and housebreaking and theft out of, it's, it's, it's been proven that they are complicit in it as well. And uh, now we see that uh, many top cops and, uh, you know, police officials are leaving uh, the force. Yeah, guess where they're going to, Ba? They're joining the security company. Yeah, well, yeah. it's a revolving door, Ba. They got all the connections on both sides of the street, so it works well for them. You're talking about that. Uh, just today, one of the generals of the South African police force, right? You know that notorious area where Maiden Walk, Maiden Road, Esplanade, yeah. Moor Road joined yes. under that M4 bridge? Yeah, hit and run. They just broke into the car while they were waiting there, stole what they could, and off they went. So what it tells you, nobody's immune. They don't give a damn who you are anymore. 
Are those uh, criminals are still living in those? Uh, yeah, there's hollow, a huge colony bridges. growing. A huge colony that's living in the railway tracks down at the bottom. And we we always have to go there and help out with the law enforcement officials to try and you know uh, clean up the place and maybe just uh, make our presence felt. But uh, other than that, uh, Transnet will take pot shot them, chase them up, we chase them down, so it's uh, like a yo-yo, it carries on. And of course the city fathers would uh, like to make believe that it's not there and hope it goes away. It won't, it will just grow. Then, Ba, you find uh, the optimist, uh, there are some in uh, council, they say, don't worry, man, everything will come right. Only thing you have to do is the next election to yeah, vote ANC out. I mean, uh, isn't that wishful thinking, Ba? In many instances, I'd say yes. The thing is, no, I, I'm not uh, carrying water for anybody, right? Uh, what I'm saying is the only party that is out there currently that has had any experience whatsoever of ruling a country for good, bad or ugly reasons, right, is the ANC. Now, the rest of them will talk the talk. The thing is, will they, will, will they be able to walk the talk? Some of them, perhaps one or two of the councillors and things like that, perhaps. But by and large, given the mess this country is in in so many, many ways, it's going to be hard for anyone to, you know, extricate, extricate this country from uh, that downward spiral and, uh, and, uh, and, and be able to pull everything up. I mean, the guys are going to give you 100 days and then they're going to start taking pot shots at you or, oh, you're the DA or you are this party and that party. What have you done? And it's worse than before. And, you know, we are better off. And the usual nonsense will carry on. But the thing is, at the end of the day, whoever comes to power, Ultimately, if their heart's in the right place and they are believers in truth and justice and fair play, then they'll do what is right by the country. If they are going to be having sticky fingers like the money-grabbing current uh, crop of uh, uh, councillors and members of parliament, then it's going to be very much of the same. Only thing that they might not find the pickings uh, as good as what our ANC uh, comrades has had. So, uh, yeah, it's a question of six or one, half a dozen of the other. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. So uh, what do you do? If you vote for the ANC, they'll say, oh, you, you have no brain, you have no sense. Look what they've done to the country in just three decades or less. They've destroyed it, and you still want to go and vote for them. You go and vote some, for some newbies over there, they'll say all the right things, make the right noises, and ultimately, if they fail to deliver, where does that leave you? Up the creek without a paddle. That's what it is. You know, what is uh, frightening, Ba, is uh, the political killings uh, that you have here yeah, you yeah. know, in Casa and the ANC, and now you have the DA members being uh, shot and killed. Yeah, look, this is, the, the, you know, I, I always say that politics has to be the filthiest game in town. Not from today. It's always been that way. Because the the, the lucre, you know, the, the, the cheap access to to power and money and control, is it's like a drug that they cannot resist. If they get some, they want another fix and another, and it gets higher, the stakes get higher and higher, as we are witnessing over here. So uh, getting Hitman to take out uh, uh, competition, the, the competition is not something new, and uh, that is why I guess people like you and me stay away from this filthy business. Yeah, to the detriment, of course, that we are mm. uh, destined to suffer these fools.
Yeah, absolutely. The dregs of society, as you and I always say, yep. have come to the fore. And, you know, uh, what, uh, I was talking to an individual the other day. He said, uh, but have you noticed, uh, Brother Shafat, when uh, Jacob Zuma was around, uh, the political killings uh, or the killing fields of uh, politicians in the KZN wasn't that rife. But since he, uh, he, he, you know, they took him out of the equation, this is all is uh, it's set in and then, uh, then, then, and then you find that the royal family, He's uh, yeah, under the spotlight drama, again, and they're blaming Sir Ramaphosa. Right now. There is drama carrying on. Apparently, they say that uh, the current uh, king, whoever he might be, doesn't come to mind straight away. He, he is, what's the name, was irregular, and they, they are contesting it. So, oh, there you have it. Yeah, I think they call him Missy Zulu, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, Ba. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had I had lunch with that late King Good Goodwill Zulatini. Yeah, I yeah, remember. I had the pleasure of meeting him once or twice. Man. Yeah, and I actually went to the royal palace with the Arab prince. They sat in his company, mm-hmm. and you know, I'll talk to you about it another time. Bob, when you and I talk, the time flies. We have about a minute and a half to round up. Perhaps your parting words this evening, Bob. Uh, you can't be serious. I thought we just only started, but anyway, it is what it is. Yeah, this is about life again, right? Uh, And I'm just going to read this to you quickly. It says, let it go, whatever it might be, let it go. Let it leave, let it happen. Nothing in this world was promised or belonged to you anyway. All your own is your soul, yourself. That's all. So let everything else go. Don't hanker after it. Don't chase after it. But remember, that's all you've got is your soul. And the thing is, you must determine here and now as you slap the opportunity as to what kind of soul are you going to present to your creator? Is he going to be pleased with you and you with him or are you going to be cast into hell? I think that is where the problem is. Beautiful, Ibrahim Ba. You have a beautiful, uh, lovely evening ahead. We'll talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, I'd like to thank Lucola for Top Tech. Uh, keep it locked on to Marcus Sahaba for beautiful programming from the team and I shall we meet you again. We bid you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.